following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Welcome to Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system created by Fantasy Flight Games and produced by Edge Studios. A show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both the player's and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me as always are my good friends and co-hosts, Chris Holmes and Stefan Dragonspawn. Homie, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. I am doing pretty good. Um been playing a lot of star wars <laughs> online still that's kind of been the the main theme right you and me both yeah i know i know i know though i did play some wow with my daughter and a couple friends today so pretty good still doing a bit of online gaming in that regard but role playing not much actually we've been we actually saturday thursday night star wars pretty damn fun dude that was pretty good so how about you steph how you doing, man? I was there for Thursday on the yeah, Star Wars game. Yes, it was very good. <laughs> yeah, it was. Thank you, yeah, well, very nice. Uh, things are going coming along. We're you know lots of role playing happening. We're very immersed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Getting some uh, some gaming on. So my game with Darren has been put on hold, but still, you know, maybe it might pick up after Thanksgiving. We'll see. Uh, a couple of players have to take care of some stuff. So, darn real life. But everything's good on the walls. Yeah, I know. But otherwise, uh, we've been good. Severe windstorms today, but uh, the power is maintained. Mm-hmm. Some people in our area have lost power, but we're okay. So, well, good. Yes. And you, Tony, what about you? Talk to I us. have been enjoying the fruits of my labors and working a lot because that's the fruits of my labors. It just gets me more work. <laughs> well, you know, if you like your job. Well, you do such a good job at your work. They give you more. Right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's a, I, I do that and I game. I don't really do much else. So, I mean, what else is again, there, though? Really? Hanging yeah. out right well, now? Uh, well, Michigan just shut down again. So, oh, wonderful. Um, it was announced tonight because our coronavirus is getting real bad up here. Yeah. So um, they're slowing things down a little bit, pumping the brakes, saying people stay apart, stay home, leave each other alone. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, We've got uh, some so- stuff in Ontario too, but it's not across the province. So it's like Toronto, the big major cities, Montreal, those are clamping down. But in our area where we live, it's more rural. We're okay. People are, are being safe and reasonable so we're lucky so yeah tomorrow at work ought to be fun all the coronavirus deniers are going to be up my butt so (laughs) (laughs) all right hopefully that won't be too uncomfortable for you (laughs) well (laughs) you know i I say i say that more figuratively (laughs) let's let's go yeah yeah for me that would be a pain in the ass not for others Well, here's some figurative uh, lube. <laughs> Thanks. 
it, it's called headphones. That's what. Yeah. That's how I survive. There you go. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, but anyhow, all that aside, no, everything's been great, and I've been chomping at the bit to do, do this episode. Yes, mm. and what episode is this? Well, this is getting back to Tales of the Epsilon Clips, which is our, this is going to be our final before the wrap-up of the setting, um, final Tales of the Epsilon Clips show, where we go over the adversaries that we've created. Um, we have a bunch, we're only going to go over a few, mm-hmm. um, yep. and we're calling this episode 70, Tales of the Epsilon Eclipse, non-patron characters, nice. aka NPCs. That's right. That are non-patrons of the bar. Of nope. the Epsilon Eclipse itself. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So, well, let's then. get on with it. Yep. So uh, now we're going to boost the signal. You're so flustered. After what, after what Tony just said. Um, well, well, this is where, I still love him anyway. So. <laughs> well, this is where Stefan shares all the ha ah, Genesis news off the wire. The reviews a project from the Edge Studios section of the DTRPG, formerly the Foundry. Oh, I like that, Tony. You kind of changed up the uh, the words on me there. I yes, can't everybody. Take credit for that. That's actually I, that's right I, because that's... it's not the Foundry anymore. It's the Edge Studios now have their own section up on the RPG <laughs> now and stuff. So can't wait to see <laughs> stuff from them. <laughs> exactly. So every, so the section when you go on uh, drive through RPG, uh, you sometimes click you off. Know, Fantasy Flight Games, and then there's everything that used to be Fantasy Flight Games that was available. And then you have the icon for the Foundry, no longer there, so you have to go, you have to search Edge Studios. Okay. And that'll give you everything. And I I like to, well, because I have the boosting the signal segment, I I like to uh, keep it as, uh, like, bookmark it uh, with dates added. As date added, date added, so it's everything more recent. So uh, then, so then, are there um, so like all of um Chris Markham's stuff has been like taken down? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so that, so that's under that's not under Edge Studios or anything. The Foundry's still up there or no? No, the the the, the actual icon for uh, Foundry is gone. So you can't just click on it and get Foundry. So you have to actually go Edge Studios, which will show you everything in the columns Edge Studios. But you can still search by, let's say, the creators. If it's, if you're looking through Chris Markham, because that's what mm-hmm. oh, they'll they'll have the name of the creator, publisher, okay. uh, there. So uh, so the first product I have to boost the signal uh, is by Jared Henry. He uh, published a new setting called Children of Aten, which is a setting where many worlds with their own unique native species and biomes, instead of calling them races, I guess, uh, are unpredictably connected by pathways that may open anywhere at any time. Designed for epic high fantasy adventures where magic is rare, dangerous, and mysterious, but very much present across the realms. And each realm includes an example encounter seed or hazard, as well as some NPCs, wild creatures, 
an amount or a pet. So it's the setting kind of sounds a bit familiar, a bit like what we're working on our, ourselves, but has enough differences. And uh, we include, you know, 18 playable archetypes, uh, hip, the power of hypnotism, a new type of ag magic action, uh, lots of new talents, over 70 of them, uh, and uh, yeah, and 95 adversaries, including mounts, beasts of burden, etc., and gear, uh, with, he says, with different craftsmanship styles and vehicles from airships, gliders, clockworks. Uh, the cover art kind of reminds me a little bit of the, let's say, John Carter of Mars kind of thing, you know. So, uh, and he includes even rules for epic battles with siege engines and heavy fortifications. So that's available. Uh, $10 on DriveThruRPG. We'll have a link in the show notes. And we also have... Uh, the issue number four of Boost, which stands for the Book of Online Sourced Triumphs, which uh, they've come up with once in a while. And uh, it's this one is a steampunk uh, setting uh, or tone. It's some, it explores that subgenre. And you'll find, of course, gear, craftsmanship, weapons, species, uh, and more vehicles. So you can. Uh, Look at that, and and it's free. This one, they, they just give it out free. Nice. And it's not that many pages, but it gives you a good base uh, to go on. And it's different uh, contributors. There's our our good friend Chris Markham and uh, Tyler Comstock and Caleb Smith and a few other names. That, uh, maybe Giri Rahman and Flame One Twelve, which might be a handle of some kind. So. <laughs> This is number four. So those are the two that came out fairly recently. And uh, we'll include the show note, uh, the link for that. And I also include in the show notes are uh, the link to just to find everything for Genesis under Edge Studio. So, uh, cool. as well. So there you go. Uh, I hope that this has helped. Uh, Boost your signal, you guys, uh, out there. Uh, more publicity, and uh, whether they they charge for the product or not, at least to uh, give them more visibility and uh, exposure to uh, to these awesome products. Excellent. Well done, buddy. Thank you. All right. Well then, yeah. we're ready to get into much... the meat of the show. Then. Yep. Let's get uh, it. I do have one little caveat I'd like to add, and one thing I noticed. So I was ju just checking the search for Edge Studio, and when you do that search, make sure you caps lock Edge. It's all in caps, and it's Edge Studio, not Edge Studios. Um, it, just so you know, it'll it'll come up easier if you put the exact information in. Excellent. Right. Yeah, and, and like and what um, Stefan said, um, we have it in our show notes, but I'll put it on the um, I'll put it on the yeah. website for for this episode too. That direct That's link it. to Edge Studio. Mm -hmm. so, all right, because yeah. uh, I bookmarked it from now on, so that uh, cool. You know, and it always always sorts it by date added. So okay, awesome. for me. Mm -hmm. well, 
Okay. Excellent. Excellent. All right. right. Well, then, let's, let's get let's there. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, welcome to the books of Genesis. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Now, this is where we're going to break down, normally break down a section of the book of Genesis, one of the books of Genesis, bit by bit. But we've reopened a couple of these books, a few of these books, actually. The core book and um, the expanded player's guide. And I actually opened up um, Shadow of the Beanstalk to give myself a bit of inspiration for what I've created. What other sources did you guys use for yours other than your wonderful brains? I used my farty bits. Just the, my I mean, my thinky parts. Your thinky parts? That brain matter? <laughs> the gray matter? How about you, Stefan? Anywhere else uh, you draw your inspiration from? Anybody use Keyforge? Oh, uh, the gray matter? No, no, actually, I okay. didn't use Keyforge. I didn't create any races. I, I, I inspired some, some of the other books, but also from a movie, you know, the uh, Dr. Szynski from uh, Honey, I Shrink the Kids, but with oh, a darker true. twist. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then. Well, all right. Well, you know what? I will kick this off with the um, all right. two adversaries that I've created, um, both related. Um, I've started to work on our, um, trans-dimensional police force. So, um, I've created a TDPD sergeant and the, um, police drones that he would have with him when they come, when one of these enforcement units come down. Um, so the flavor text here. The Transdimensional Police Force, or TDPF, is a very powerful organization that keeps a fabric of time and space held together by enforcing the laws set for in the Codex of Transdimensional Transdimensional Travel. They use their seemingly limitless resources to investigate the anomalies, residue, residual energies, and paradoxes created by transdimensional travel and apprehend those who are careless enough to fracture the barriers of space-time. So when you see a transdimensional police force enforcement unit, typically made up of a sergeant, maybe three to five police drones obey their orders or suffer the consequences because your friends might not ever see you again. (laughs) Although the TDPF stations are ubiquitous throughout the known transdimensional universe, no one knows exactly where prisoners serving multi-year sentences are held. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so threw in a couple of fiddly bits in there for you um, GMs who may be running this um, to, you know, mess around a bit. So so for the sergeant here, he's a rival. Um, took the stats from um, the cunning array in the um, expanded player's guide, giving him a brawn of two, agility mm-hmm. and cunning of four, intellect, willpower, and presence of two. For his stats. He's going to have a soak of three, which is I have wrong in my thing here. Instead of two, it's going to be a soak of three. Fifteen wounds. Made him hardy. Added a few wounds in there for him. And then I also selected the um, the dodgy um, what do you call it? 
characteristic where his defense range and melee defense are going to be one as well. Nice. So, um, <clears throat> gave him a lot of skills because these guys are supposed to, he's supposed to come in here and investigate what's going on and still be, be a, uh, a presence involved. Those presence is fairly low. Um, I did give him a couple ranks. Like I think uh, I gave him a rank in cool, two ranks in discipline, three ranks in perception and streetwise couple of ranks in skullduggery and survival and vigilance pretty good with these he was kind of like that gunslinger took those took that um skill array for the gunslinger and i think i grabbed the investigator as well but i tweaked those um skill arrays a little bit and tony when i ran it past you the other day we kind of tweaked those skills brought them down a little bit um so he's got a, his combat skills. He's got basically ranged light, four ranks in it. So he'll basically be hitting anything he draws his weapon on. Um, he has a coercion of two. But because he is wearing the badge of the Transdimensional Police Force, he's going to get a boost die to any coercion and leadership checks that he makes. Wow. Um, he also has a uh, leadership of two. And he's got a bit of knowledge of the multiverse. So game knowledge multiverse, two ranks or three ranks in that, actually. Um, right. Let's see. So he has a uh, specialized TDPF synapse pistol, which I got from, uh, what, do you, what is it? The uh, uh, Shadow, Shadow of the, the Beanstalk. Beanstalk. Yep, yep. Um, which is going to have a base damage of 5, a crit rating of 6, but it does have, I believe it does have like the stun quality in it, I believe, which I didn't make a note of in here, but it does. Um, it's got a targeting reticle, gives it the accurate quality, and it's got a weapon lockout, so only he can use it. Nice. Unless you make a daunting computer's check to try and use it. <laughs> Some other gear that I gave him was, uh, you know, his uh, his vest, sergeant's vest. Some smart specs. Got a handheld diagnostic temporal scanner. <laughs> That'll help him on those investigation checks. Then he's yeah. got snap lock restraints from Shadow Beanstalk as well, which are pretty awesome. Um, gave him adversary one because didn't want to give him those um, what do you call it those talents as they suggested you know like dodge or parry um, defensive stance that kind of stuff that where you have to spend right. strain to activate him game adversary one which really is a brilliant talent for your for your adversaries and then the ability that I gave him makes him feel more of like that leader that's like um uh, directing his uh, subordinates would be that tactical direction um, talent where he can spend a maneuver to direct one friendly minion group within minion, uh, medium range. They can immediately perform an out of turn incidental to perform a, a maneuver or add a boost die to the next check that they make. So um, that made him feel more cool. like the leader of this group, you know? So. Yeah. Definitely fits, yeah. That's what I got for this guy. 
questions? Comments? Now, um, excuse me. What was your baseline uh, race for this? Oh, I had a, um, a human. Okay. A but you could race. do one as any of the major races in Tales of the Epsilon Eclipse, correct? Absolutely. Cause I With minor modification? Minor modifications, and I don't think, um, I don't see this police force being xenophobic. You know? No. Like the Empire. Okay. Or do we? I mean, it's up to the, it's up to us, really, what we want to put in for the police force itself. But I was just curious what your baseline was, which you used. I could tell it was human based on the picture you used, but this is a audio medium, not a visual. So, right. oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the picture that I use, yeah, it does look human, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't really think about the about the species when I was actually doing it. Um, I just went through like the expanded players guide, just gave him like here are the stats. That I see, from, yeah. You know what I mean. Um, I don't, I don't see. An, yeah. I don't see a problem with it being humanocentric. You know, that kind of gives it also a bit of a, you know, exclusionist feel too. I yeah. have a problem with that. Okay. Well, maybe they they have they have the occasional uh, other species, whether they're the the virus Torrens or Zol. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, those are just one, the ones we created. Now, remember, yeah. we, we when we first started this, we wanted it to be a kind of a kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, if someone wanted to bring in, say, a Martian from Keyforge, uh, they most yeah. assuredly could. And Absolutely. he could be uh, a member of the T- TDPD. Uh, and TDP, that would yeah. be... Yeah, I... yeah, sorry. I have to run. Yeah. <laughs> Force instead of police department. <laughs> there we TDPF, go. yes. Yes, TDPF. Yeah. Um, or, of course, like you mentioned, Keyforge just created an entire new species using the Keyforge uh, tools in there oh, yeah. to create a new sure. Yeah, uh, now and then the- um, having, having a um, link to the TDPF, like maybe a character, if you create a character that used to serve on the police force, would be out of the ordinary either. Oh, it'd mm-hmm. be a great way to, like a, a f- um, to, put your, to start your bar tab as being a former TDPF agent. Yep, <laughs> that's a great idea. Cool. All right. What okay. you got? El, what else you got, homie? The other ones that I, so the sergeant normally has a few police drones that come with them, and these are bipedal looking drone dudes. Um, that uh, I took the stats from the mercenary, the hired mercenary minions. This is a minion group. Um, hired mercenaries from the Shadows of Beanstalk. So I gave them a three brawn, three agility, one intellect, two cunning, two willpower, and one presence. And like I said, they're a minion group. Oh, you know what? Let me go back. Let me do one quick little go back. Give you the um, power levels that I found that I calculated <gasps> for the sergeant. Um, combat power level turned out to be three. Social is two. And then the general is three as well. Um, feels pretty good to me. Not too powerful, but powerful mm-hmm. enough for you know starting off characters and players to um, you know characters to be. Uh, we probably need to run away, or if we did something wrong, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the police drones, they're going to have a. So they they have more like combat armor, meaning you know like the plating 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a little little nastier. Um, so they're going to have a soak of five. So brawn plus a plus two soak. Um, they're each going to have each minion will have five wounds. Their group skills are athletics, discipline, resilience, vigilance, melee, and ranged light. So, you know, you've got a discipline. Could go he- neither here nor there with that, but I feel, felt like it probably needs to be in there. Um, looking like that seems pretty, pretty good. Okay. okay. Nice. Yeah. And then um, yeah. again, the same kind of uh, the, the same kind of um, weapon, you know, the synapse pistol I gave to each one of these guys too. But I also gave each one of these guys a stun baton, um, and that's basically just a stunning weapon that'll disorient you, do stun damage. Um, right. Gave, gave it the weapon lockout quality as well, so that nobody can just come up and pick up one of these stun batons and just bashing somebody with it. Um, and then gave it like an enhanced weight, so it's a weighted stun baton, so it does a little more damage. Okay. okay. A little more stun damage, you know, the beeps. So, um, yeah, that's basically about it. Really, the only ability would be that they're mechanical. Um, typically, you wouldn't, you you could give minions, you know, one ability. They typically you don't want to give many talents, um, but this mechanical ability feels right because they don't need to breathe eat drink they can survive in a vacuum or underwater immune to poisons and toxins and for a drone you'll want to send them into yeah. those tough environments potentially right this reminds uh, yeah. me of the police drones from the movie chappie yeah mm. yeah kind of pulled on that just a little bit i remember that yeah well done thanks buddy That's good yeah All right. so what did they have for an overall rating Yes, their overall rating, they had a 3 in their combat, um, a 1 in their social, but then 4 in their um, general skills, because they're little, you know, they have the athletics, resilience, and vigilance. And I think the um, the mechanical ability might have brought that up just a little yeah. bit, too. Yeah, mechanical, I remember uh, looking at that, does increase the general. By 1 or 2, I think. That's what that yeah, I think it was too. So nice. Go. That is your transdimensional police force. Well done, Holmes. Thank you. Very good, yes. All right. Very nice. Who wants to go next? I go next. So I got inspired simply by our last advantageous threat. So... I expanded a bit on uh, Dr. Zlazinski. Uh, if our listeners remember, he's the one who uh, shrunk our two heroes mm-hmm. and then left them on the on his experimental table experiment table to be dealt with by Scorp bots. So I'll be expanding on those two plus one other. So I'll start with the, the good doctor himself. Dr. Warren Kraft Slazinski, a.k.a. Dr. War. He is a... Um, I did go a little bit th- through the uh, Expanded Player's Guide and looked at the stats and stuff. I would have given him yeah, the, the smart, not smart person, but the savant 
ah. skill or characteristic array. Started with that, tweaked it a little bit. So he's got brawn one. He's not a powerhouse. Agility two, yeah. but intellect five, Ooh. cunning of three, willpower of four, uh, and, but a presence of two. He's not that likable. Uh, <laughs> so he is a Zemlian mad scientist. He can, so this is one of the races that uh, Chris uh, developed for uh, the Epsilon Eclipse setting. So they're red-skinned human-like beings from a world that's mostly Victorian-era technology or feel. So he's a, he's a mad scientist and the discoverer of otheric energies, as he's, he calls it. This otheric energy can be tapped into by using very rare crystals and other uh, and, and an alloy that he has synthesized and dubbed otherium. And when it's combined in a certain way and powered by even a small amount of electricity, the power is multiplied a hundredfold, and then he can modify it to shrink and grow things. So his ultimate aim was he wanted to use this technology to help uh, his world by reducing all kinds of things in people, thus making them lighter and allowing the cost of travel or transport to be reduced or to and carry, carry so much more stuff for the same amount of fuel. So imagine like a train full of people, but instead having just you know one level uh, of cabins, you might have 10 cabins stacked on top of each other in the same uh, space. People are tiny, and then they, they go through another machine to restore them to full size. Cool. So, when you, pe- so when you go through the, you know, the security point, <laughs> yeah. it shrinks you. You're shrunk. <laughs> yeah. you're shrunk. You're shrunk to your cabin, which is small, and... Then you're shrunk, you're regrown. But of course, now some people uh, didn't quite like the idea for whatever reasons. But so he's gone rogue to try and prove them wrong. Probably because uh, some corporation tried to turn it into a penis enlargement. Um, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> and it had some technology. horrific side effects. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he he is a nemesis. And uh, I gave him, uh, well, he got a soak of two. He's just, uh, he's got a heavy kind of uh, apron that uh, can soak a little bit of damage. Not a powerhouse, you know, only 11 wounds, but much more strain. You know, he's used to using his mind and his presence or his willpower. Uh, for his skills, some computers, three ranks of computers, so discipline. Uh, one rank, some mechanics, of course, three ranks there, and uh, perception, fairly perceptive individual. Not much in combat skills. Sorry. I'd like to call out that you forgot discipline doesn't exist in our setting. All oh, right. Mental, mental discipline. Mental discipline. I'll have to modify that. But he still uh, trained his mind to uh, for that. Uh, a little bit of ranged combat, but not much. You know, uh, he's got this ray gun, but we'll talk about it later. Bit of coercion. Uh, just one rank. Of course, knowledge of, of, of science overall. And I invented a new knowledge skill called Otheric Energy. He discovered it, so he's researching it. He does have a lot of ranks in it because it's still a new discipline kind of thing. So only two ranks of that. Nice. But he's 
is probably two two ranks more than anyone else knows. So, <laughs> and as far as weapons go, I gave him his Otheric ray gun. So it's a customized pistol kind of thing that shoots basically uh, uh, slightly damaging. It's not a, a a mortal or lethal ray. It does stun damage. Uh, it is fairly accurate, but what he what he can do when, uh, is when he hits someone, he can use three advantages to reduce the silhouette of the target by one. Oh. <laughs> uh, or if you get, or uh, uh, this shouldn't be a despair. That should be a, a, a triumph. Uh, on a triumph, he gets to reduce the target to the size of a small mouse. Oh, nice. For a little while, it's not as much. I should actually add. I forgot to add the duration. This would not be his full-size version of a shrink ray, which is permanent, but this might be for the encounter. Oh, okay. Very cool. So that's his uh, ray gun. He, uh, he's he got a few talents. Adversary 2. Pretty tough. He's known. He's been around for a little while. Uh, two ranks of Inventor. Because a Zimlian starts with rank one in Inventors. I gave him a few talents that uh, would fit his kind of uh, profile. Inventor 2, Mad Inventor. Uh, and Natural. He's a natural with mechanics and science. Uh, so once per session, he can re-roll one skill check from either skill. And as far as abilities, uh, looking up uh, some of the abilities, uh, well, from his race, he's had, he has the Brilliant. So once per session, Dr. War may spend a story point as an incidental. And if he does so, he can, the next check he makes during that turn, he can count his ranks uh, in that skill being equal to his intellect. Yeah. And as a Zemlian, he has the kit bashing ability. Which means he starts with uh, one rank in uh, Inventor. So quickly, uh, he's got two ranks. I added one more. So when he makes a check to construct a new item or modify one, uh, he can use this talent to add a number of boost dice equal to his ranks. So two more. Uh, in addition, he can try to reconstruct devices that he only heard of or briefly seen, uh, or but not, not actually seen the plans or schematics for. Cool. Prequel. The Mad Inventor, real quickly, once per session, make a mechanics check to try and cobble together the equivalent of any item using spare parts or salvage. Basing on the rare, the rarity of the item. Uh, of course, there's a reference uh, to that in the uh, core rulebook at page 80. And final ability, since he's used to, uh, he's not a fighter himself, but he's got uh, these. Uh, Followers that he's got, mechanical followers. Um, Billy called, Rise, my follower. So once per session, he can make a hard mechanics check. And for each uncancelled success, one damaged or incapacitated rival within medium range heals half of its wounds and rejoins the encounter. And then it, it may act in the current current round. So I kind of modified the Rise, my minions, instead of affecting minions, it's just rivals. Okay. There you go. That's nasty. And yeah, yeah. That's really nasty, uh, to be honest with you. Good thing well, it's only once per session. Yeah, Good once thing. per session. 
Yeah. So, uh, because with the minion version, it heals the entire minion group. They're like, nah, that'd be too a bit too powerful for a rival. Just maybe half its wounds would be more than enough. Well, there you go. So, Good tweak. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Thank you. And as far as equipment, I had a bit of fun. Uh, he's got called it a Notheric toolkit. It could be anything from little scanners and uh, a glove that has all kinds of little tools that, uh, built in or whatever. Uh, his heavy work apron, which gives him a plus one soak. His Otheric goggles, because when you're shrinking something, sometimes you want to see what, where your, your, the stuff you shrank ended up. So th- this allows him to easily spot Otheric energies and, and the beings or things that been, have been recently affected by it. So you know, if, you, if, if you're standing outside and you, you just shrunk a, a big uh, musator, in tall grasses, well, you may, may, may want to <laughs> find out where that Musator now is. <laughs> and they also have a magnification option so we can zoom in and see uh, them in detail. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, one thing I, I thought up uh, last night, he's got an Otheric radiation belt. So applying his uh, shrink ray differently, he says, so when he's targeted by a combat check, Every two threat that the opponent gets, he can can be used to reduce the incoming damage by one. A despair can be used to re- negate the damage entirely. Now, the sort of trapping around it is that the radiation surrounds the doctor's body, and it shrinks bullets and arrows as they come in contact with it, or even energy beams. Just reduces the energy beam to nothing. So. Uh, until it's it becomes harmless, you know. You can imagine an arrow being shrunk to a tiny little bit, like a like a toothpick, dunk, on his body. He's like, what the hell was that? <laughs> Even melee weapons and brawl attacks can be momentarily shrunk while going through the field. So imagine your sword, you know, be, being shortened or, or become tiny, or even your fist. Like what? What the hell? <laughs> and so- I, I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. wrapping my head around that. So a successful yeah. melee attack that's going to yeah. do damage to the guy. You rolled a success. Let's say you rolled. Let's say you rolled a three successes on a five damage melee attack. So you're going to yeah. do eight damage to this guy. And let's say you had a triumph and a uh, a couple of and and a despair. The guy completely negates all damage you did as part of your roll. That could be and tweaked, then, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then for the rest of the encounter, you lose your weapon as part of the despair. And yeah, this that needs could to be... be perhaps a story point. Right. Okay. No, that could be. Uh, I left it open. I wanted to get your guys' feedback. It's, it seems it seems it. too powerful as part of it. Basically, negates the positive part of that player's role. Yeah. Right. Um, and seems like it would be something if I was a player and I went up against this guy and he did it to me, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'm rage quitting right now. Right. Because, okay. Um, <laughs> especially if I was Daryl who rolls a shitload of despair. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or, I, I'm, I don't know. Maybe uh, the despair could be used to um, have the damage or remove, reduce the damage to one. Mm. Um. I could that see way, that. That way, that way. Um, hmm. 
Well, if it reduces it to one, he can still soak. Is that before soak yeah, or after right. soak? Yeah, that would be before soak, I, I guess. Say. I'm thinking that... Because be, hmm. if it's before soak, then, he effective, then you're effectively negating the damage. You know what I mean? Agreed. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. that maybe... Unless it has pierce. Unless it's a weapon with pierce, then it will negate his soak. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could still get through. Um, yeah, that may, this may need to be a rethought. tweak the radiation belt. But I must say, I do like the idea of spending a couple of threat to reduce the damage by one. Mm-hmm. Right? And and I like your so, trapping around <laughs> that it's shrinking the bullets. Maybe it's range yeah. damage it does this to only. Maybe melee yeah, damage like, is... Maybe if you're engaging, you're using like a melee weapon or fist. This is where it's kind of... A little bit too close yeah. for him You're to close. activate it, yeah. Right? Or for it yeah. to really be, maybe you can be inside of it, you know, while you're punching them or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, you know what it makes me think of, Stefan? Exclude the melee, melee, yeah, or what this makes me think of are the droids in Star Wars, where hmm. you have to roll the grenades into them to go through the to go through the shields because the right. higher velocity bounces it off you know right right and i'm wondering if the higher velocity like ranged attacks this would be basically effective against only Mm. maybe i don't know just maybe i'll remove the whole despair thing and melee it could be two threat or a despair can be used for every two threat or a despair can be used to reduce the incoming damage by one and of all ranged attacks and it Mm -hmm. just just be that simple Yeah. yeah Yeah, Yeah, I may have definitely a neat item. Yeah, I like the idea, but yeah, Mm -hmm. the the mechanics may may simply need to be uh, reworked. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was hoping to get some feedback from you guys uh, over it. It's not the final version, obviously. Right, we've got you know the play test and balancing issues, which we discuss, and then we also try those out and see how they work Mm -hmm. in an encounter. Right. Um, So that's it. So I'm just glad this guy left his lab. Last, yeah. Last. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, I didn't think of this radiation belt last time, anyway. So, <laughs> and then I got his uh, his motivations. Rolled his motivations, which seemed to, to I rolled them randomly, but it seemed to all fit. I know desire for vengeance. Yeah, that's weird how that happens. Yeah, so his desire for vengeance against the science academy that rejected his theories. Oh, that's uh, yeah, a fear of failure. Doctor Orr wants to succeed. Will do anything to succeed. Uh, his strength is curiosity, especially about the deeper mysteries of Otheric energy and Ethereum. And of course, his flaw is pride. Doctor Orr is certain that his discoveries will eventually be recognized. It's, it's just amazing when every single time I roll mm-hmm. randomly for these, it just most of the, just about every single time they fit. Yeah. it's fun. Doesn't nope. for me. I'm the exact nope. opposite. I roll random. I get <laughs> shit that doesn't work. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so that was. Uh, we'll tweak the uh, the belt, but otherwise, I think that was that's the doctor. His uh, power levels that I worked on with you combining all his skill arrays, his abilities, and so forth. Combat not too big. Not too big. Just three combat power level. Uh, social one again is that uh, the great debater, nope. but overall eight. Yeah, 
you know, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be against you adding a couple more of the knowledge skills to this guy, putting a couple ranks and a couple other knowledge skills like multiverse. Um, yeah. Which you know might not be his thing, but I think no, he'd, but might be useful because I think he'd know. Yeah, because yeah, his, his, those crystals are not found as a uh, on his homeworld. He has to, uh, mm-hmm. to to explore. So, okay. Okay. yeah, you could definitely add that. So I'll uh, I'll make a note of that. Good. Yeah. So that's Doctor War, and he's and then he's got a couple of uh, servants that. Uh, he uses mm-hmm. one that we've seen at the last uh, last advantageous threat, but only in a small quantity. Uh, but he's got these Scorpot swarms. So, so these are. Merci, <laughs> chérie. Sorry, my husband just uh, brought me some uh, some dessert, some homemade tiramisu. I can. Uh, Oiled rotten. Yep. <laughs> so he uses scorpots. Uh, he creates them uh, in his lab, you know, in, in mass quantities. Then he shrinks them. So thousands of these small robots. Then he yeah, shrinks them down to a very tiny size, small enough that he can fit inside almost a grenade, like about the size of a goose egg receptacle. And then he, when he's ready to deploy them, he just presses the button, tosses it. And a short burst of growth energy is released, and they become a swarm, like robotic Pokemon. A little bit, <laughs> but instead of just one Pokemon, it's a lot of tiny little uh, Scorpots. Scorpot swarm, I choose you. Yes. <laughs> so they've only have a brawn of one, agility of three, so fairly nimble, and. The rest of their stats uh, or characteristics are also just one. Uh, I didn't give them any soak, even though they have brawn of one. It's like now they're they're fairly fragile individually, but there's as a swarm they're still pretty tough with thirty six wounds. Kind of based in, based them off of the uh, since their rivals are not minions, uh, off the scorpion swarms in realms of Tirnoff. Okay. So they're. The two skills that they have, they don't need many, just coordination and uh, brawl, which I based off of agility for them instead of, uh, of brawn. And the only weapon they've got is claws and stingers. Big combination and only one damage, critical three. And they have, But they have pierce three. Although that could be modified maybe a little bit. Uh, and they've got a like a bit of a toxin included so uh, they can spend two advantage to inflict three strain through the constant little prickling sensation that the, the target suffers. Dang. Yeah. No talents since they're uh, a swarm but, and no gear as such. It's just the, their pincers and stingers. The abilities, though, uh, they're silhouette two as a swarm. They're fairly large. Uh, they have the swarm ability, which means... They half the damage dealt to them before soak, unless the weapon has the blast or burn quality, which can still be used regardless if uh, the quality is activated. You know, so even if you don't have get enough uh, advantages, you can still apply the blast or burn to them. 
they're mechanical. So like the drones that uh, Chris uh, created, they don't need to breathe, eat or drink, vacuum, and underwater is not a problem, etc. And I added venomous uh, enemies that are wounded by a scorpion swarm. They must make a hard resilience check as an out-of-turn incidental or suffer four additional wounds. And then they must check again on their next turn if they generate a despair. But their claws and stingers only do one. So, And the final one is they're all over me. So enemies who start their turn engaged with their this character or the, the swarm lose their free maneuver. Damn, they're being old. Yeah. Yeah. We only have two ranks in, uh, in, in a combat skill, which gives them two, two yellow, one green. Terribly uh, large amounts, but still decent. They still might get, uh, get a success or two. So then, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, so if they're wounded by a, by yeah. a scorpion swarm, they're venomous, which does wounds, yeah. more wounds. But the toxin is what just gives them strain. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So it, it's like just little scratches that will give some some strain as you're being pricked pricked here and there all over. But. Uh, you might get a more decent, uh, lethal dose if uh, they get uh, if you actually get wounded by them. Okay. And finally, I, uh, since you, sometimes you might need uh, more actual muscle, I uh, created the ogre, which stands for Otheric Guardian Robotic Entity. So this acts as his personal bodyguard. The ogre is easily transported due to the doctor's shrink rate technology again. He shrinks it again to the size of a of grenade kind of implement when not needed. But when required, he, when he requires its protection, he just simply presses the growth burst button and tosses it, and then it resumes its full size. So this is also a rival. Uh, brawn of four, agility, and cunning of two. The rest is one. It has some um, heavy armor plating, so giving it a plus two to soak, giving it six soak, and 18 wounds. Okay. No defense, just clunky armor kind of thing, so not sleek or anything, and he's not dodgy. Uh the skills he's got are a couple of ranks in perception, some scanners that it's got, resilience, fairly tough. Uh, specialized mainly in brawling with its uh, one big claw hand, and its other arm houses two, two weapons integrated into its uh, right arm, which uses gunnery. Both of them are pretty much heavy weapons once he's at full size. Only adversary one. That's what I gave him. Mechanical. That's it. Uh, again, uh, no other equipment other than the the armor and the and the weapons. So his weapons just the left claw slash hand. Okay. Uh, seven damage, three crit. That knockdown quality. Uh, so it can knock uh, opponents prone if he uses, if he if it gets two advantages. Uh, plus one advantage per silhouette above one. 
So if he wants to knock big, big opponents down, he has he needs a bit more advantages. That's its main. That's its melee weapon, basically. In its other hand, and its other arm, the right one, it has two weapons. One is an auto cannon. Uh, eight damage, three crit, medium range. Um, it's inaccurate. Its whole arm is a bit clunky. So it gets a setback dice. Pierce two and auto fire. And then finally has a rocket launcher as well for longer range. So at long range, damage 12, four crits. But it has limited ammo, only five shots. It's slow firing, so it has to get ready before uh, has to spend an action, or a maneuver, I believe it is, to... Uh, nope, slow firing no, requires slow firing a right. round to right, refresh. Round. So, it's every other, no. so slow firing yeah. one would be one every other round, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, I was mix, mixing it up with prepare, which is a, a so maneuver. So you expect combat with this thing to take 10 rounds? Mm, well, maybe not 10 rounds, but uh, he... he those are dead. Of, it's not a super advanced kind of robot. That's why I wanted to give it a few drawbacks, but it does do a lot of damage. It has blast six as well. Oh, I so, got that. I'm, I'm looking at your limited ammo and slow firing. Uh, yeah. It would take 10 rounds for it to run out of rocket launcher. You could probably reduce the limited ammo to either two or three. Yeah, I could. I was just going by the illustration that I had found, like, which I... It failed to upload into the RPG sessions, but it had five basically uh, 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 ports. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't okay, see but the image, I, otherwise I wouldn't have questioned that. Yeah. No, but, it could still, but since there's no image, you know, we could scale it down to two or three. And that would be fine. Mm-hmm. And that's, cool. yeah, that's about it. And its power ratings uh, that I calculated, not terribly high. Um, four for uh, for combat, one for which is the minimum for uh, social, and two for general. Basically, mainly because it's mechanical. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah, I can't uh, both be of your rivals. You didn't list it for your scorpion scorp bots, but both of them came out with that same score. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, even though I calculated differently, I was using different characteristic arrays or skill arrays and other yeah. stuff. Ended up being uh, the same. I was like, oh, peculiar. But that's pretty much how it, it tabulated up. <laughs> Very good. So there you go. We got Dr. War and his followers. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I said, glad he <laughs> left the room. Yeah. <laughs> Glad he left us alone. <laughs> so I've done um, the the minions of our big bad from the setting. I have not fleshed out the big bad herself, um, but I did a little blurb a while back, and I don't remember if I ever read it on the show but basically, I've created this big bad. We we kind of talked about it. It was this. We we wanted it to be like a this swarm, right? Well, I kind of went back to the drawing board, and so we created it. It's called If Y T H, 
Ith is a roiling world of chaos and primordial ooze, a.k.a. she's a giant oozy planet. Nice. Um, Ith is a sentient world, ancient beyond legend. She achieved her sentience long before the first multiverse trek trekking races developed stone tools. She ruled her own corner of the multiverse with absolute certainty and that she was the all-powerful, all-knowing goddess of all things. Uh, using her descendants and uh, basically pieces of her own essence, the Yith legions to inhabit, mutate, and control every creature they encounter. Uh, if it had a mind, she could control it. And if it had a body, she would shape it in her own will, her own image. Um, so then, she, you know, there's more to it than that, but that's basically Yith. And so I have created her legions, so to speak. I have a minion, a rival, and a nemesis. Now, minion is simple. Um, I just wanted to mention them because the nemesis includes them in her stat block. Um, but um, we don't have to go over them other than to say that they're a simple minion uh, with three wounds. So a, a minion group of three would have nine wounds. They're, they're, they're probably going to be the most common enemy you're going to see. In um, They're small ooze-like worms that project a shadowy humanoid form mm -hmm. when not inhabiting a humanoid host. Uh, and they're called Yith Grubs, and they constitute the majority of her army. Uh, pretty simple, um, straightforward minion group. They have one ability, which is Inhabit Host, and as an action, this character may attempt a mental intrusion skill check opposed to invade and inhabit the body of one unconscious character in engaged range, and it may be maintained as an incidental each round. If the target is a player character and regains consciousness while inhabited, Yithgrub must succeed on this check every round to maintain it or be ejected to a chosen point at engaged range. So it doesn't take away the free will of a player once they would regain consciousness. Um, so it'd be kind of interesting if the Yithgrub inhabited somebody and then um, your companions have to try, try and heal the thing that the enemy that's attacking them. Especially so. as a player itself. <laughs> as a the, player character. So the character. No, he's a player. <laughs> I, I wrote player character in the stat block. I said player. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. No, uh, and you like to pick that out whenever I'd I say it. Um, I'd love to. <laughs> all right. So uh, then the nemesis I spoke of is the brood mothers of Yith. The brood mothers of Yith are ectoplasm enshrouded psionic extensions of Yith's power and will, rarely encountered without a, cat, a cadre of Yith grub parasites. Brood mothers are the generals and progenitors of the armies of Yith. With uh, a standard three and brawn agility and presence, a intellect of five. Cunning and willpower of four, they are formidable right away with their stats. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. um, they are supposed to be kind of. I, ma I based them on the mastermind type and mixed okay. the stats around a little bit. Cool. Um, so um, they don't have any extra armor because they are made of ectoplasm, so they just have the soak of three from their brawn. Uh, 
Um, they, uh, they are at 20 wounds, uh, which I think I gave them a little bit. I gave them hardy. Um, and they have 24 strain, which I gave them the, um, the big boost to strain. Cool. Right. Um, and then I also, uh, considered them rather, uh, their, their equipment is going to give them some uh, ranged and melee defense. Uh, moving into the skills, they have Mental Discipline, which is a skill we created for the setting, which is the defense against mental intrusion. Uh, resilience and uh, Vigilance. They have several ranks in each of those. Um, psionics. They have four ranks in Psionics and five Intellect, so they are formidable psionicists. Um, they have coercion and leadership, knowledge multiverse, because they travel around the multiverse. They also have metaphysics, which is their skill for their psionics, uh, the, the knowledge skill tied to that. Uh, it basically took the, um, the mage stat block, tweaked it, added in the, um, crime boss, and tweaked that a little bit for to give it like the leadership, um, mm. and those two stat blocks with a little bit of tweaking is what I did um, in a nutshell. Uh, and then cool. I've built in for weapon attacks. I've built in two spells. Nice. Um, the first being the tendrils of agony, which um, is a seven damaging attack because of the implement that they have that gives them bonus to damage. It's going to do base base damage five based on their stat. Uh, the spell effects, its uh, difficulty is hard because it, uh, it has close combat, additional target for free, and impact um, in the Tendrils of Agony. That's going to uh, give it the knockdown and disorient four qualities. Disorient rating Ooh. equal to its ranks in metaphysics. Gotcha. Nice. Ouch. Uh, mm -hmm. So, pretty nasty. T these tendrils they reach out to... Uh, this is what they use for their um, melee attack. And then uh, the next attack, their ranged attack, which is a shrieking death. It basically looks like a shrieking skull with teeth of shadow and ectoplasm. Um... It also will do seven damage. And both of these attacks, by the way, have a crit of only uh, triumph. Um, gotcha. Yeah, but, yeah, give it the deadly quality. Then. I did not give it deadly, no. Um, I prefer to keep the difficulties down pretty low. This spell has uh, range added to it. It has the poisonous rating. So uh, poisonous of four equal to its... Um, ranks in metaphysics and uh it has the additional target added for free uh so this gives it a because of the poisonous rating gives it a daunting difficulty mm. as a spell yeah, so pretty tough already yeah oh, yeah. yeah so um Dang down to talents i gave uh i gave them just two uh but the two i gave them are pretty badass adversary two mm -hmm. um uh which makes them no slouch, and then uh, Flicker Step. When this character casts a spell using this psionics skill, they may use this talent to spend three advantage or a triumph 
to instantly vanish and reappear at any location within long range. Mm, that'd be nasty. <laughs> so there you can flicker step around a battlefield and become quite the harrying, um, yeah. dangerous caster that they are. Yeah. Uh, abilities would be the ominous, ominous reputation right out of the um, abilities in the um, expanded player's guide, which when an opponent targets this adversary with a check, the opponent suffers two strain. Oh, just right out the bat. <laughs> right. I could have given them terrifying, but I thought this was even better. It's just an auto and, crap. I'm in uh-huh. yeah. this thing. I have to, I have to look at it, to aim at it. <laughs> Or I have yep. to be right next to it. <laughs> and then Yowzer. the spawn brood. So the brood, which is what they would call the minions. Um, as an action, this character can make a hard psionics check um, to spawn a minion group of three Yithgrubs at engaged range and suffer two wounds to do so. Ah, right. Um, and I thought about putting the once per encounter uh, caveat on there, which I still um, would give it a shot, but uh, you know, I don't know. They're taking action. two wounds, and it's an, and an action. action to do it. It's like they're turn it's an to action. Do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and they have to roll a check. So, I thought it was a good, a good balance. You know, something they would basically they use their flicker step ability to get away, then they use this spawn brood send out mm-hmm. minions to protect themselves. Well, that would have to be uh, right. the next round though. Because Right. Right. Exactly. Or maybe they do maybe they do this check. Would this be considered a, a spell that it, that they're casting? Could uh, they nope, use, this is could, a hard psionics sh- check. So it's not a flicker so you wouldn't be able to use flicker step off. Nope, they would cast route. a spell, they would use their flicker step to evade and then they would create the minions and send the minions in. Kind of tactics wise, like next, like next round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The very next round. They'd use that once they got away to long range. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, anyhow, you know what, Tony? Uh, I would actually, I would, I would actually um, consider because consider adding that ability to this nemesis where they can go a second time in a turn. Mm-hmm. Just for you know that you know what I mean. Yeah, that, that would one. make them that would make them much more formidable as an opponent. You're talking about the well because I'm looking at it. I mean, combat wise, yeah, their attacks are nasty, but they have to be either engaged or in short range. With talking about the one that. step ahead ability once per round. Yeah. After an opponent performs an action or maneuver, you may spend a story point to have this adversary perform an action or maneuver as an out of turn incidental. That would add two to its combat rating. But, um, but that's not a bad idea. We'll have to play test that. Because mm-hmm. uh, if they're not going to be able to use any all of their abilities in one combat, then you're not really highlighting the nemesis. So, But given that they have 20 wounds and they have um, some supernatural healing uh, and other things, they may be around long enough to use the ones they have pretty regularly. So we'd have to play test that. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. not. I'm not against putting that in there. I almost did. What's the supernatural um, healing? So uh, oh, you they might not have gotten through all the gear. It, oh, okay. I did go not ahead. get through the. Yeah, go ahead. So they're a gear. They have the magically enhanced uh, robes, which is basically their. They create that out of um, 
ectoplasm right from the get-go. Gives them three defense. Um, they have the essence of Yith, an augmenting magical aura. When this character casts a spell, may add the additional target and additional summon effects without increasing the difficulty in addition. Uh, attack spells cast by this character increase the base damage by two, which is why... Um, so this is basically their implement. Right. Um, and then last, Mother's Caress, a supernatural healing item. Uh, once per session, this character heals wounds with a healing spell. Increase the wounds healed by three. Gotcha. Um, now, would the robes, would those be named robes of Yith? Uh, yeah, I, okay. yeah, I needed to rechange, uh, change that, uh, in my, I wrote it multiple times and I obviously didn't, uh, give the full correct version here, but that's pretty much it. They don't have, uh, desire, fear, strength, or flaw motivations, even as a nemesis, because they're more of a generic nemesis. Um, and their 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 desire and and it's pretty much to, to destroy all life. That's not. Yeah, it's, it's all the same. Yeah, and you, and you really don't <laughs> need to know that stuff because you really won't be parlaying, right? Probably not. <laughs> and doing like a social encounter with these things, <laughs> probably no, not. They're not designed for social encounters. So uh, no. sitting pretty nasty at eight across the board on all the of the ratings he's definitely a story arc villain yeah um and if i were to give them that ability they'd have a 1088 so even nastier Mm -hmm. so yeah we'll see i could take the spawn brood and change it to a summon spell um effect and then they would get the additional summon added for free um so it wouldn't cost them two wounds. Instead, it would be two strain as a, as a spell. Um, and you know what? I so, mean, it actually, I mean, because... Or I could just change it, it to a maneuver. Yeah. Without even making the check, right? Right. I could just change it to a maneuver. As and a maneuver, they may spawn a minion group by taking two wounds. Would you want so. to use a story point as a pet, as a because you're not making as a maneuver without a check mm-hmm. story point and a couple wounds maybe or no yeah that's work that's workable so we'll have to play test that that was one I wrote um, and I could see where it wouldn't uh, wouldn't work in the ways you're mentioning but uh, that was them and then I created also a rival which was. Uh, I think that's my piece piece de resistance, really, for my Yith legions. Um, the Shadow Ghasts of Yith. The Shadow Ghasts of Yith are her scouts and spies, blending stealth, guile, and mental intrusion. Shadow Ghasts appear as if out of a memory. Most people who only, only experience their presence as a feeling of deja vu or a cold shudder. Those that have encountered them before, however will never forget them or their painful, probing mental intrusions. So the mm-hmm. Shadow Ghast of Yith is a uh, yeah, pretty formidable uh, stealth creature. 
they have a brawn of two, agility, intellect of three, cunning, willpower, and presence of one. Uh, they have their simple soak of two and ten wounds. Did not give them any enhancements there. Okay. Gave them the um, the camouflage ability because they're natural shadowy camouflage as if they are appearing out of a memory. Uh, which gives them a ranged uh, defense of one and a melee defense of two. Nice. Um, and Sorry, that's backwards. I got it backwards on here. It's supposed range to be two, melee, melee defense of one, ranged of two. Yeah, I got it backwards on my stat block. I thought it looked wrong. Um, and then, oh, skill wise, they have a cool of uh, uh, cool with one rank. They have uh, mental intrusion with one rank. Um, well, multiple ranks. Sorry, five because ranks, right? Yeah, it's five <laughs> ranks um, because they have a presence of one. Um, perception, they have four ranks. Um, and agility, three ranks. Uh, ranks. Streetwise, survival, all two ranks. Um, brawl is going to be two ranks. And then their deception is going to be two ranks. And their cool was uh, actually two ranks. So yeah, it gives them. Their, their stealth would have been four ranks, and their brawn would have been. Brawl would be three oh, ranks, too. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> nasty dude. still nasty yeah. um, they have one attack it's a toothy maw uh, which has simply the vicious quality uh, and a crit of three uh, damage is uh, their brawn plus one so a grand total of uh, three uh, not tremendously damaging however um, they have adversary one as a talent, but here is where they get their meat and potatoes in their abilities. I gave them the ghostly ability. Uh, this adversary may move over through or through terrain, including doors or walls without penalty and have the damage dealt to this adversary before applying soak. Unless the attack came from a magical or supernatural source, such as a spell, a blessed weapon, or another incorporeal creature. Nice. I like that. Makes those, then this, uh, makes those ten wounds not so not so little, huh? No. No, mm-hmm. that too so. Yeah. Um, and then the last is the memory eater ability. When this adversary performs a successful mental intrusion on a target. The target suffers two strain that ignores soak as its memories are painfully consumed. Also, on a successful mental intrusion, this adversary may spend one advantage to heal one wound. And finally, if a character exceeds its strain threshold due to the mental intrusions of a shadow ghast, it will have no memories of encountering the creature. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. I got a question. About the one advantage to heal one wound, is it just that? What if it has multiple advantages? Will it heal multiple? It can. Yes, okay. it can. So one advantage per one wound. Okay, cool. cool. <laughs> I don't want to run into these things. <laughs> these things seem bad. Maybe you have already. You don't know. Exactly. I might have. I don't even remember. I don't even remember, Tony. <laughs> 
awesome. This is a nice. Yeah. This is a nice rival. Yeah, a nice range rival. Clothes. Yeah. With uh, four uh, combat, uh, one social, and five general because, you know, these are the, mm. the spies. They like to yeah. mentally intrude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you didn't think playing in the Tales of the Epsilon Eclipse would be creepy and frightening. It can it be. Is now. <laughs> it yeah. is now. Why do you, well, you gotta have you some it or not. drink. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. My minions are, my, my creations are why people drink. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't remember why I'm drinking, but I just feel like I have to. <laughs> yep. I have this strange feeling. <laughs> I'm forgetting something. <laughs> Well done, and gentlemen. of course, you know, I had previously on another occasion done some of the other um, adversaries. I did an, another entire adversary group on another occasion for, um, and I'll just mention them in passing. That was the Eelmen of Verlantis that I had done way back when, which are oh, a yeah. um, a aggressive species of um, Eelmen that like to inhabit the various oceans of. Uh, both Aquilian, the one human world of Aquilian, mm-hmm. and the their own world of Verlantis. Um, and uh, I had like a minion, two rivals, and a nemesis for that. And then I had started on creating one called the Throg, which is an enormal be an immortal being of immense power, but simple at heart. Instead of seeking to dominate others and destroy those that have done it wrong the throg simply leaps from realm to realm seeking culinary delights oh. and i i will come <laughs> out with the, the throg that's more going to be more of a social creature <laughs> yeah i remember reading up a little bit about that while i was going through the our various notes of uh of the t- epsilon eclipse like oh yeah okay i'll add i i copied and pasted my uh, my own adversaries into that document our shared document so so one of the culinary delights could be what flayed musasaur, or something. Could be just about anything, you know. Right. As long as he gets, as long as you come up with a good recipe for him, he won't devour you. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It would be um, um, beer basted Norsk ribs, <laughs> right? Yeah. Norsk ribs, yeah. <laughs> chocolate covered. That was all hatar. Yeah, or whatever the crickets, right? <laughs> the insect dudes. Well, those all hatar are the ones with the. Uh, that that it's through fire as well. <laughs> so, like, ooh, nice. spi- spicy chocolate. <laughs> so we're also going to have in here. We're going to have uh, stats for the keeper, which is the barkeeper. Um, we'll have um, a s- stats for other named NPCs um, or adversaries, as we call them, and we'll have a few more factional. Uh, enemies, but you can also incorporate anything from any other setting. You want to bring over a dragon from Terranoth, or you want to bring over some uh, um, mercenaries from Shadow of the Beanstalk, or uh, a demon from um, Stefan's uh, Dragon Star. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you you can pretty much bring anything into this maybe setting. A witch, to be a maybe a witch from um, the Inquisition setting, or a witch from Keyforge. They've got several witch witches Keyforge. in there. Yeah, too. witches there. Yeah, yeah. Or I've maybe, got my. Go ahead. 
You got your what? Yeah, in yeah, Dragon Star, you got the, the Rockstar Demon Band that Tony created nice. for my Dragon Star setting. Nice. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> or even our um, or even our, our, our crew of um, Glacier Ice runners from um, <laughs> some from Salvage, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Point is, you yeah. can bring in anything. just about anything from any setting into this setting as a as an adversary. So we're not going to have a tremendous amount of adversaries in here. Yeah. No, no. You can pick and choose a lot of things from other different those other settings that already exist, and sometimes just tweak them. Yeah. You know? So look forward mm-hmm. to the bare bones version of Tales of the Epsilon Eclipse coming soon to a mm. document storage space near you. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> As we finish it up and uh, put Hopefully, the yeah. nails on it before we send it out, but, yeah. available uh, across the multiverse and all all good taverns. That's right. Chris still has to come up with several drink recipes for it, um, which he said he was going to do. Did and, I? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I, I totally did. I totally said that a year and a half ago when we total when we yeah. when we might have when, to. We, when we brainstormed this thing, didn't I? I remember. Yeah. We, we might hey, have to work hey. together for that. Totally. None of us expected the apocalypse to take this long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So, uh, but we do, you know, we do want to have, you know, a, at least something that people can play with now that we're pretty much done. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll come out with that, maybe even our own little advantage and um, threat chart, which includes um, drinking rules for adults. Um, yeah. You know, you can spend a despair to that the GM rolls to make him drink. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, I must say, that was pretty fun when I was at Cabin Con, though it was the D-Shift 7D. Anytime, we rolled, <laughs> anytime I rolled a damn fumble, I had to do a shot. My God. <laughs> Eight in one day. <laughs> we played it. We played it in that narrative dice. I mean, Daryl would always be drunk. <laughs> Despair. I'll take a shot. Oh, Despair yes, again. Definitely, we'd have to put a disclaimer in there. Only play this way if your liver can handle it. <laughs> That's true. So we could call him Drunk Despair Daryl. <laughs> Triple D. Triple D. Threat. Only if yeah. he ever plays the game. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, well, that's our main subject. We do have On the Slab coming up. All right, welcome to On the Slab. This is a segment of our show where Tony chooses an adversary from one of the books of Genesis, and we dissect it bit by bit by bit until there's nothing left. No, and then we rebuild it again because we have the technology. So what's on the slab today, Tony? Well, I decided to mix it up or dire it up. So I have, in the Expanded Player's Guide, we have a plethora of critters that are simple the bear the big cat the bull you know all these animals and then we have some that are mixed into um, various other settings but um, in the expanded players guide in the tier 5 talents section we're given the clue 
on how to make a dire animal. Yes. So I'm going to go over that, and that is um, the talent itself reads you have to have the animal companion talent. Uh, and it says you um, you have to have at least one rank into primal skill. And the animal companion, you have bonded through animal companion talent, increases its brawn by one to a maximum of five. Its wound threshold by four. If it is a nemesis already, it increases its strain threshold by four. And if it was a minion or a rival, it becomes a nemesis and gains a strain threshold of six. If it is Silhouette 0, it becomes Silhouette 1. Um, if your character chooses to increase either its agility or willpower and by 1 to a maximum of 5, and its brawl, discipline, perception, and survival skills by 1 to a maximum of 5. So, if you want to create a... Let's just go to the bear on page 86 if you want to create a dire bear its brawn will become five um, you can give it a willpower of three its wound threshold is going to become 25 it's going to gain a strain threshold of six its silhouette is not going to change it's going to stay silhouette two but you could theoretically raise it one to sil silhouette three I don't bear. see a reason why not raising the silhouette, um, but that really would fall down to GM's discretion. Um, you would, you could, the damage increases on its attacks based on the fact that its brawn went up, um, and its skills are going to all go up with um, all those skills listed. And there you have a dire bear. Nice. You could do that with um, any of these, the shark, um, the elephant, um, uh, the wolf, all of those are um, doable. Dire also, badger, you can call it a honey badger. That's right. Give a fuck. Right. That's yeah. right. Or a Tasmanian <laughs> devil. Yep. <laughs> yep. And you know what, Tony? Um, With the bear, I would totally make it a silhouette three. You know why? Because it'll be two silhouettes larger. So you'll get bonuses to hit it. It'll be harder to hit little things, and it just makes it just that much bigger. Yeah, mm -hmm. harder to knock down. Harder to knock down too. <laughs> but you're not just limited to animals on this. You could do, and I went to uh, Realms of Terranoth to page two fifty eight. I go over to the Carnivorous Flora um, entry there. Oh, the big nice carnivorous plant. You could make it a dire carnivorous plant. Um, That's great. By <laughs> in adding these stats to it or the giant snake you could make it a dire snake with your titanoboa yeah um, <laughs> and both of those are on that page 258 of realms of Terranoth. point is um you could do that with pretty much any animal and in like a um in like a fantasy setting you want to create a nasty version of an animal, just adding the dire effect to it would work perfectly. And including a science fantasy set, uh, setting like Keyforge, if you wanted to have a um, scientifically manipulated creature that has been mutated, mm -hmm. take a couple, like, you could add the mutations to it in 
Keyforge, or you could just dire it up. Yeah. Um, likewise, if you go over to uh, Shadow of the Beanstalk, Jin Techie is out there gene splicing all kinds of shit. Oh heck! Why yeah, couldn't dude. they just gene splice something to be a dire creature, oh, yeah. um, and have it just be this freaking gene spliced dire whatever? You could do it with the um, the rats, the swarm yeah, dire the, rats, the rad rats that are in yeah. Shadow of the Beanstalk. Oh yeah, yeah um, dude! You could totally have like a dire version of the rat be like a big nemesis, oh, yeah. and have like your rat swarms be its followers, and oh, that'd be. I am the rat king. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The dire form has been irradiated and it's intelligent. <laughs> or just apply that effect to something like um, a drone of a, a mechanical drone, like a um, a, a um, let's use your um, your scorp bots earlier. You know, yeah. you've got this scorp bot rival, this uh, swarm. Maybe he's created a large version, or he hits it with an enlarge ray, and now. The swarm of um, scorp bots is now a dire swarm, and it's just going to go become that much nastier. Um, he had it. He yeah, had like it, He had it on um, on grow instead of shrink on accident, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice. um, well, like like uh, at the last uh, advantageous set last show. Well, I used one of the, your guys' despair to have one of those scorpots grow a little bit bigger. Yeah, that was my you know, Instead of being, <laughs> yeah. So that could have been like a, I could apply the dire animal, the dire robot. It's yes. bigger and nastier. You know? Or in the case of any kind of mechanical monstrosity, you could just apply that to it as a GM in advance and call it the advanced version, you know, the 2.0 yeah. oh, version yeah, totally. of that robot that someone oh, built. Yeah, exactly. With powerful, you know, uh, core reactor and ex, you know, whatever uh, modular bits that you know make it more dire. You know, but it's uh, harder carapace or uh, armor. Mm -hmm. The key yep. is that it's with a creature or non, you know, non-humanoid um, yeah, monstrosity that you're doing this with. You could even do it with. Um, you know, D and D type monsters like a, um, sorry, D shift seven D type <laughs> monsters like a basilisk or something like that. Um, you could come up with a much larger version that would be a nemesis, and it's an easy yeah. way to create a a quick Dis nemesis version of any monster. Yeah, Displacer um, beast or right, um, and again, it's not my usual on the slab, but I just thought I saw this talent. And I had this thought that this is a quick way, using this talent, apply the um, guideline that's given in that talent to various creatures as a GM on the fly. And bam, you've got nemesis versions of hundreds of different adversaries. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Mm. Very, well Very nice. Very nice. Yep. So... That is on the slab. Right, so welcome back to our favorite section 
of the show, which is Advantageous Threats, where, of course, we uh, we build, roll, and narrate the die results of some sample skill checks. But we're doing it a little differently this time because uh, we left it almost literally as a cliffhanger on the last episode of episode 69. Or ruler we're, hanger, uh, in this case. Yes, <laughs> yeah, table, table hanger. Um, and we all agreed that... But the moment was tense enough and interesting enough that we wanted to see if we could finish that encounter. We did three rounds last time. And Detective Rafa, the uh, Minotaur, uh, was hanging precariously uh, over a ruler that's hanging over the edge of the, the lab table, while uh, Big Joe is standing on the other end of the ruler. Right. And I tried to do a fancy maneuver, and uh, unfortunately, a despair was rolled. So uh, the ruler turned underneath us, <laughs> and you're now on the edge. Red yeah. still managed to get your maneuver partially successful. It's just that it threw your partner uh, <laughs> just over that edge, and uh, he rolled a despair. So you, I didn't. Not my fault. You, Sorry. <laughs> all right, someone did anyway. I don't. I don't care who did. Someone did. <laughs> the detective did. We're playing by the ruler of cool here. I know. Yes, it's, it's the ruler of cool. It's all good. <laughs> I'm Canadian, so it's a metric ruler. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, Stefan, Jesus, a fucking metric ruler of cool. That's not cool. <laughs> more precise. It is it? for the rest of the fucking world. <laughs> so you know, they we do have Duck Duck Gray Duck here in Minnesota too. Go figure that shit out. Good lord. <laughs> That's dumb. Yeah. That's you live in Minnesota. Yeah, I'm not from here, though. I play Duck Duck Goose. Okay? Yeah. So, I didn't do Duck Duck Gray Duck. <laughs> I was giving my mom a hard time about that the other day. <laughs> she was trying to explain it. I'm like, baby, don't don't explain it. doesn't make any sense. Okay, okay. This is advantageous, Matt. not... Uh, yes. This is what it's... So... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to a little further recapping, uh, two score bots are on the floor, two are on the table, one is blasted into bits, and one is a little larger than the rest. Uh, but they're, they were partially immobilized because of uh, some various fumes and things have been spilled all over the, the, the table reacting. But they're getting closer and it's getting dangerous. So we start off the fourth round with a PC slot. So who wants to go next? I want to get off this edge. <laughs> Come. <laughs> get off the edge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, I just want to add an additional element. Since you also told me, uh, Tony, last time, your, your character is psionics, but you, only, you can only affect organic beings. So while you're dangling precariously, you see on the other little ways off on the other side of the lab, a weird creature that's six-legged, looks like a long-haired tabby cat, but instead of being, let's say, orange, it's various shades of green, has six legs and big orange eyes, and it's looking hesitantly right between you and the little bots on the floor. It's not sure which one it should play with. Get off the ruler first. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm just throwing hey, that I'm, out there. It's okay, there. Hey, gotta get off the ruler. Hey. <laughs> I'm going to maneuver right. to get off the ruler and onto the table. All right. Is that uh difficult terrain? Do I need to spend two maneuvers to make the uh 
I'd be tempted to, to make you do a coordination by athletics to get back on. Well, that's that'd be coordination. You know, you're yeah. balancing. Shut up. Let the GM decide. <laughs> well, whichever one is is better for you uh, at this point. Oh my Super god, he's so nice. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I can use muscle to really get <laughs> flip himself right, so, up. So I'm rolling to move? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. it's rule of cool. Let's go with uh, a maneuver uh, yeah, with with a maneuver to uh, to get up and back onto the table. Just a single maneuver. Okay, so then I can take my action, and yeah. um, I can. Jeez, oh, the swarms between me and it. Uh, you know what? I'm going to try and start off with uh, coordinated assault. Okay. You go left, I go right. Didn't work because I almost got knocked off the table. Right. So, yeah. in my friend's head, it's, you go high, I'll go low, and um, <laughs> and I'm gonna try and charge into the swarm, but I'm gonna get down on all fours and charge forward with my horns right. into this into the the squirt bots. All I'm right. just gonna start trying to hit them with my horns because I my arm is all buggered up right. still. So, gotcha. not drawing that gun and shooting crazy so, with my. So coordinate assault, huh. I get, a, I, I can immediately move with you. Then is that basically what that is, right? No, it's going to. So coordinate assault, uh, I'm going to add a boost die to all combat checks you make uh, based on my ranks and leadership. So you're going to get two boost dice to yeah. your next check. Nice. Um, I'm good with that. So, uh, and, and you've got two uh, story points on your side and one on the GM side. Okay, two and one. Got it. So I'm going to use my horns, brawl check. So that's going to be... Um, I don't have enough green dice, so... Nope. All right, there they are. Okay, I have my four green dice. Average difficulty, do they have any ranged or melee... De- or, sorry, melee defense? Uh, yeah, they believe they do. They have one. Melee defense of one. Um, I'm trying to run low... But I've got a buggered up arm, so I'm kind of off balance. So I'm going to go ahead and apply a, another setback die for myself. Thank you. Um, but I'm going to spend two strain and aim this. Okay. Line myself up beforehand, you know. All right. Scuff the hind leg and charge. There you go. All right. <sighs> All right. GM, are you happy with my pool? I am. Yeah, I am as well. All right. First of all, I did not roll any successes. Oh. So. I just end up with three advantage. We suck at this game. That's what we've been rolling last time. <laughs> but yeah. my my three advantage is that they they saw me charge, knock some off the table. The three advantage, they kind of scatter, allowing me to take a maneuver through the group. Okay. Um, so an extra maneuver for me for free, if you right. don't mind. No, that's what that's a possibility. I, I know it pushes past the two maneuvers max, but it does. Yeah, but uh, it does. But yeah, it's cool. Okay, <laughs> so I'll just it, charge right on by them. They kind of scatter, and I just run right through the group. Cool. All right. Um, so yeah. moving me from uh, the edge of the table out of the table. Now I'm at what medium range from the ray that we're trying to get to. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. That's it for me. All right. So we've got an enemy slot now. So those two will regroup as you plow through them or they manage to extricate themselves from whatever they were uh, immobilizing them and they'll scurry after you as a, as a minion group of two this time. Nice. Uh, so Brawl, got a yellow, two green. Uh, basic two purple for a melee or a brawl check, basically. Uh, do you have any defense? Armored trench coat gives me one melee defense. And they do not have anything else. It's not accurate. Oh, it is accurate, though. Boost. All right. Uh, I'm happy with this. So uh, a yellow. I'm not, I'm not upgrade that crap. Uh, All right. That <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. So red and a purple. All right, and now a blue and a green. There we go. So go a couple of blanks. Real quick. Grief. I got one success and two threat. So it does five damage. Uh, it's I'll not piercing. Soak, I'll soak four of that. Take one. All right, and but two threat um, to them. Um, yep. To them. Uh, no, so sorry, I, I mixed up the symbols. These are these are yeah, no, those are threats. Those are not uh, failures. Uh, yeah. Sorry, it's late. <laughs> okay. So two threat. Um, I'm saying they're scrambling over each other to try to get to me. They forget about. Chris, nice. It's character. Yeah. Because they thought, oh, I got down on all fours. Ha ha ha! They've got me. I'm down on their level. They're tra- yeah. scrambling over each other to get me. They completely forget target acquisition. Uh, on Joseph. On Big Joe. Big Joe. So, right. uh, right, so say that he's going to get a boost die basically because he's attacking them as if he's a brand new target. Because basically, those fumes probably are affecting a bit their their memory programs. All right, <laughs> excellent. Nice PC slot. Big Joe. Okay, Big Joe, PC slot. <sighs> big Joe. Big, he's got the great axe in his hand. Yeah. He's looking up at that freaking trigger on the damn um, on the damn uh, shrink ray. Okay. Get in line <laughs> with it, and I'm gonna try and maneuver myself um, so that I'm in a line with the shrink ray, me, Hopefully, and yeah. then and then um, and then the detective there. So, and I'm. Do we have a story point on our side? Okay, I'm going to use that because <laughs> that puts me at two yellow, a, right. a, a purple because it's only short range to do the move and the, to do the move thing, um, and then um, the two boost dice from the detective, right? Um, from his uh, coordinated coordinated assault. Um, coordinated yes. And a third oh. one from them forgetting about you, and for them forgetting <laughs> about me. So that's what I've got there, Stefan. And I'm spending story point because, you know, it's Be- because psionics. <laughs> okay, here we and go. Shrink ray. And sh- because shrink ray, yeah. Holy buckets of oats. Finally, a goddamn success. Okay, so I have three successes, one advantage. So I'd like to use the advantage to make sure it is... I've, I've moved it so that it is in line with us, so that it hits us, 
um, and I got three successes on the menu on the move to trigger it. So right. shrink ray gets activated at the right at the right moment. So at least one advantage, at least one advantage to make sure it doesn't hit any of these scorp bots. If if one is enough for that, uh, at least it'll it, miss one with the advantage. At least at least, at least miss the, the 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 minion group that was around. Uh, okay, with detective. <laughs> but it might hit the big one though. That's with us yeah. at the table. <laughs> All right. No. Okay. So it's so yeah. So you move. Uh, no longer have to worry about the ruler. The ruler flips and falls towards the floor. Mm-hmm. You leap, slide down a notepad, click. The, the the ray starts powering up. Greenish energies, you know, lights up uh, around the crystals and things start spinning and just as you throw yourself in, in the ray's path and washes over you and uh, Detective Rafa. <laughs> nice. So you, you clatter over the, you know, uh, over the table and then you hear more, more things scurrying and okay. metal squealing as you suddenly look around. It's like, oh, crap. That scorp, one of the scorp bots is also bigger. <laughs> yeah. Um, do I still have a maneuver? Did I need to use a maneuver to, to, to do that? At least, yeah. At yeah, least to one. Move. Okay. Yeah, um, I am going to spend uh, two strain to do a second maneuver, which puts my strain up pretty high. <laughs> Eight of 11 strain right now. However, <laughs> I am doing the defensive stance. So as, oh, okay. I, as we kind of get off the table, taking a defensive stance, which I will right. suffer once more strain. Oh, so any <laughs> melee attacks are upgraded by one on me until my next turn. So All right. I'm done. <laughs> oh, hello then. Oh, so those, this score bots is like occupying all the space between the two work tables. It's mm-hmm. pushed it a bench. It like it snapped some of the legs and in, in twain like it like paper. <laughs> the table we were on, it probably just crushes it. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it just turns on you guys and let's see who is it going to air to attack. So uh, does this mean the shrink ray on the table falls over and is on and is making you know, the whole big table. in the room? <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see okay. how the we'll see what your goes. if you have any yeah. threats or despairs or whatever. Despair, yeah, try not to make things worse for us, Chris. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to make it better for us. <laughs> I think it'll try to attack the the, min, the minotaur. It seems to be the the threat. It, it registered that as a threat as it uh, scattered the other two bots. Mm-hmm. So okay. it'll fire. It'll fire its uh, its laser across the room and try to hit you. So two yellow and a green and a blue because it's accurate. Range defense one. Range defense one. It's at short range. One blue, one purple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on all I'm gonna... fours. <laughs> no, it doesn't really matter. Kind of a low profile. Yeah, low profile, mate. <laughs> okay, uh, another setback time, maybe? <laughs> okay, fine. There's another setback time. But I'm spending a story point to upgrade my. Uh... Ah, well, they're all on our side. We win. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's still one on uh, on my side. 
Oh, okay. Well, spend one if you want there, Tony. Maybe he could get a despair. I'm He'll take out one of his minions. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna upgrade that myself. All right. All right. So there we go. Back there. So now it's a, a purple. A red instead of a purple. There we go. Let's go. Ooh, lots of advantage. So. <laughs> I can see this critting again. Your failure. Uh, maybe not. No, failure. It, it fails to hit, so the lasers just go pew, 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 pew. Nice. But lots of advantage. One, two, three, four, five. Five advantage. <laughs> it shoots up the whole place. <laughs> Creating lots of... Uh, Derbis. Debris. Yeah. Uh, and it uh, shoots the floor out from under me, and I fall to the level below. Um, <laughs> well, I'll just make it fairly simple. I'll just give you guys a setback dice with five. Yeah, two two setback dice uh, on each of you. Oh, yeah. Alrighty. Yowzers, because they're just shit all over the place. All right. Yeah. Coolio. <laughs> so, and then we go back up to the PC slot. Take it. Right. Take it. You want me to take Basically, it? Uh, All right. It's the only. It's the only slot. It's the only enemy that can hurt you now. The other uh, minions are like Small tiny enough. little things. Okay. Yeah. How you, close is he for them, me? Short range. Uh, you said, probably labs. Yeah, short range. Short. Yeah. All right. I'll yeah. move next to it. All right. Got the big great. A- got the great axe out. <clears throat> going to. Um, I'm going to swing the axe. How many story right. points on our side? Uh, one. Um, yep, I'll use it. One, one, All right. Something. Okay, I'll I'll use one as well because okay. To, to because, finish off, but yeah. because you're bad guy. Um, now oh. does he have any me- melee defense? Uh, yes, one, one, and an adversary you said, one. You said one, and adversary one defense. One yeah, defense. I forgot the adversary one. Okay, no problem. Okay, so I have three yellow, a green, two red. And a setback die. Here we go. Um. Oh man, bummer. Um. Uh. We have uh one advantage. So I am going. So I distracted enough to right. give the detective a boost die on his next check. So he's not distracted by its attacks or what he wants to do on his. His side is kind of focusing on me a bit. So, boost side of your next check there. Uh, detectives. All right, so now you've got his attention, so he's going to, since you already moved into uh, engage range, which it, it's Hit going me. to, it, it serves, yes. All right. Two greens, two yellow, two purple as base difficulty. Do you have any defense? Um, I don't. However, I still am. I still have defensive stance. Oh, wait a second. That was till the end of my next turn, which I just went. Forgot to do that. Nope, I'm good. All right. So I have. I'll spend a story point to upgrade. So we got three yellow, green, and two purple. Um, two do purple. you want to start? I did. We have one to start this check. Because if so, mm-hmm. I'll. Yeah. Okay, I'll go ahead and upgrade it because I want yeah. you to despair and fall down or do yeah. something. <laughs> Uh, no despair a couple couple of yellows got blanks so that's uh, but uh, so I got two 
Two successes and a threat. Okay. Two successes means a total of seven damage. Okay, I'll soak six of that. So you can't activate crits or anything like that, or any other qualities. But he has a threat. One threat. Hmm. One threat would be uh, suffers a strain or loses the benefit of a prior maneuver. I didn't take a maneuver, so. Yeah, give him a strain. All right, so one strain. Well, which is a wound, so there we go. So maybe maybe I block it, and and my axe just kind of cuts into yeah. cuts into its one of its claws parts. a little bit, right. one of its parts. There we go. Excellent. All right. And uh, Detective Rafa, would you right, have a so boost die from me? Yeah, I am not a. Uh, Move your mic up to your left- to your mouth, there, Tony. I am not a left-handed character, no. but <laughs> I've got this submachine gun tucked in my belt. Nice. left-handed okay. um i'm gonna whip it out so i'll take setback die for firing with the wrong hand okay. um awesome um and i'm just gonna <laughs> spray and pray on the thing i'm All gonna right. kick out for the auto fire right. since so, uh <laughs> since he's occupied with a new foe he's uh, disregarding you so you're kind of flanking him i'll give you a boost die as well mm-hmm. so short range Increase difficulty for auto fire. Get a boost die. Quick draw, draw it so I could use my maneuver to aim. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, adversary one, defense one. Adversary one, defense one. Self-imposed setback die. Buddy um, in melee with it. That might be an automatic upgrade as well, right? That's what we normally play, or do we? That's kind of a house yeah. rule, but yeah, I'll I'll just spend a story point to 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 upgrade it because of that. Because oh, of your friend. Sounds good. Okay. So you have two story um, points. No, I'm not spending a story point. Uh, I'm just making sure I have all my dice right. Yep. Okay. okay. Come on. Okay. You got this. All right. First of all, red dice were both blank, so eat it. Um, <laughs> however, um, that doesn't mean I didn't have failures. My both setback dice gave me a failure each, leaving me with one, two, three successes, an advantage, and a triumph. Awesome. So, um, it's Mm auto-fire. Three successes is eight damage. Right. Triumph is eight more. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, so eight damage twice. Yeah. So... That means minus it's soaked twice. That's still six points of damage on it. Okay. And you've got advantage and triumph. Uh, I spent the triumph to uh, activate auto fire. The advantage is I'll just pass a boost die to the next player slot. All right. So it's shooting sparks. There's bullets, you know, that I've riddled it. It's shaking. Uh, so it's more than half, you know. Uh, nice. Damaged. So that was you. Go back. Ah, up. you know what? I I forgot. Uh, lucky strike. I will spend my story point now and uh, increase that damage by my on uh, both of those attacks. Or oh, sorry, uh-huh. one hit, one hit. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, by four. So an extra four. Four. So, four yeah, an extra four damage. Woo-hoo. Four. Ooh, it's almost down. It's like two awesome. points away from. <laughs> from its threshold, so things are sparking all over the place. It's jittering. <laughs> PC slot up to PC Joe. Slot. 
All right. Yeah, you want me to finish it off or you want to? That's you. I just did. All right. My turn. All right. Well, well let's back up to the top. Back up to the top. So you can go if you want. You can do a second one. Oh, well, you know what? I'm going to try and take it out with the keep just spraying and praying into it. <laughs> Sure, all right. <laughs> I can see. You I can see Joe. I see Joe up there with his axe, just kind of doing this. Bullets are ricocheting off of his axe, <laughs> and then you just continue, and he's just kind of crouching down. What the fuck? <laughs> so I have the original pool built without the expenditure of story points. I'm not spending, GM. Oh, I'll go to spend one because you know. <laughs> okay, there's my <laughs> well, so that upgrade because because uh, buddy in the way. <laughs> I'll take two more strain to second second aim. Sure. Awesome. All right, because I got a hit with this one. You got this. All right, so um, no no triumph this time. I had two successes, so a total of seven damage. Okay. uh, And two advantage, enough to activate uh, auto-fire a second time. So I'm going to just auto-fire, and then I'll spend my story point, and... You just see, this is what uh, Rafa's doing. He's walking forward and just towards it. Yep. It's long dead. He's still shooting. Oh, yeah. Even, even with Bits your first of it are flying off. Because <laughs> even with your first burst, after soak, makes it 12 out of its 12 wounds, and then your auto fire, and then Lucky Strike just overkills it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Big even is standing even here. Even yeah, you're, you're, you're big Joe. You're standing. Actually, you see a couple of those uh, tiny little uh, score bots scurry uh, around. Or you just, just stomp on them, or he's just <laughs> shooting them too. <laughs> right, just all over the place. So small, your big work boots can just stomp on them. Nice. So <laughs> the the last thing I like I want to say though is that like the whole <laughs> constant bullets, constant bullets, and then my lucky strike at the end is just. Yeah. One single shot, just a few <laughs> seconds after all the others. <laughs> the right head. between the eyes. Right, right between the eyes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So Joe can look at me and go, "Really? Was that necessary?" Was it really? <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, it kind of was, wasn't it? <laughs> you see my arm. <laughs> Even if it wasn't necessary, it was a hell of a, a lot of yeah. fun inside a fight. It was. And. And then you hear the whole place room rumble as uh, you look out through one of the skylights. A small rocket just leaves, it seems, like the ground. And it seems to be a familiar kind of uh, vehicle. And it just <laughs> streaks across the sky. And then you, you hear, self-destruct in three minutes. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and, the, right. and the cat looks up at you going, <laughs> leaps, leaps up on the on the horns of Detective uh, Rafa and latches on like <laughs> as you hurry out of the lab to, to escape. <laughs> so the Very doctor nice. managed to escape for for another day. <laughs> awesome, nice. but, that's pretty. But cool. at least our heroes, but at least our heroes are, uh, managed to uh, to survive. To keep hunting, <laughs> or it does do we do we end at another cliffhanger? Bum, bum, no. bum, the end of the serial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's not less of a, not as much of a cliffhanger as last time, I guess, but not still, no. the story is still pending. <laughs> nice. All right. Very well done, Joe. Yes, right. thank you very much. That was, that was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for getting us back to normal size, Chris. You rock. 
Yeah. <laughs> I could have used that advantage to get to make us a little bigger. You know I, mean? I don't need to be any bigger. I, I ate a little few too much Denny Donuts when I was a cop. <laughs> it's all that homo milk. <laughs> oh, nice. I see what you did there. I see what you did yeah. there, too. <laughs> means homogenized, of course. Well, of, of course, course it does. Of course it does. We knew that. Gosh, Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> we well go. done there, GM. Good well, story. Very good. Story. And maybe we'll maybe we'll do another advantage if a situation like this happens again. We can pick up part two. <laughs> part two. Part two. Yes. I like right. the uh, being able to do a, to finish it up kind of thing. <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Well, we ready to end the show then? I oh. think so. Okay. On a big high note. All right. Let's do it. All right. Well, that's our show. Moving on out. (laughs) Moving on out. All right. So we will, um, we're going to, that's our show for tonight, everybody. Um, So our next show topic, what what do I hear? I hear Ookla Aerial Ride. Yes, we are going to do Thunder the Barbarian next time. Tony's going to be running, (laughs) Tony's going to be running us through another actual play. Um, with Stefan and who do we have joining us with that? Well, we'll, we'll tell you guys then, um, but we'll have somebody join us. Um, play thunder. Dude, I'm looking forward to that. Gonna have to watch it. Gonna have to watch that cartoon between now and then. Something, a few episodes at least. Yes. Before we start our new menage a trois. (laughs) Nice. Nice. (laughs) So, yep. So that's what we got coming up next. Um, do we have any listener feedback this time? Yes, we do actually. Okay. So one of our uh, our uh, very faithful and active listeners, Cody Doolittle, uh, is on Twitter uh, as well as uh, Tally Darkstar. Um, so he writes in saying, "Hey guys, since you didn't have any emails on this latest la- latest episode, speaking of the last one, uh, mm-hmm. episode sixty nine, I wanted to send you all an email of support, praise, and thanks." You guys rock, and it's nice to hear you guys chat like you finished up a game and are sitting around the table just BSing about the system. And thank you for your hard work on the podcast. I try to spread the word around about you guys as much as I can, and when I heard that you hadn't received any emails as of late, I just wanted to show you all my support. So thank you again, Cody. I did reply to you, and uh, I'm doing publicly now. Yes, uh, we do appreciate all your your effort your, uh, to boost our own signal uh, yeah, in return. So awesome. the retweets and so forth. Yeah. Thank Appreciate you. That, Thank you. Cody. That was great, dude. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. And you know yes. what? I, I like... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, say your piece. Oh, I was just going to say that it's um, it's kind of nice hearing that we come across as it's just kind of BSing about the system, like we're sitting around a table. Because it's kind of what, I, what it feels like for me. Yeah. You know, and I like that we come across that way because I don't want to sound like we got like pulls stuck up our arses or anything. I like it to come across a little more informal. It's more fun. Yes, we don't don't have formal scripts that we read out of. Well, we have show notes. 
Not a yeah, show note. Sometimes <laughs> barely, though. I mean, I'm pretty slow on getting the show notes out now and again. <laughs> you know what? Even if you didn't have them, we'll we'll muddle through. We'll figure it out. Sorry, we'll figure it yeah. out. Right, stuff. <laughs> That's what but I'd like to say. Thank you, also, Cody. I appreciate you know I, every little f- bit of feedback that we get, whether it's someone you know posting on Facebook. We did get quite a bit of Facebook comments from other GMs that really appreciated the encounter, mastering encounters. Um, we had people ask for my um, rousing um, mm, list, uh, the, the, an actual list of it. So, of it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and um, I really appreciate all the feedback that we got. And mm-hmm. this, I just highlighted this one from Cody because it was an email and uh, the others were all just kind of Facebook comments. But um, Appreciate all the uh, the replies and stuff. Yeah, and these you know these are pretty annoying times for all of us, um, and it's nice to get uh, validation that what you're doing is appreciated, mm-hmm. and um, it keeps me wanting to do the show. Uh, it keeps us uh, coming back every two weeks. And, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Thank I, you, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you yeah. to our, to our dozens of uh, of listeners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got, we got we got a few out there. We got a few. And we, as a matter of fact, to our dozens of listeners, if you want to reach out to us, you could do so at findingthenarrativepodcast at gmail.com, like Cody did. Or you can talk to us on Facebook. Stefan and I are over there at Finding the Narrative, Finding the Narrative on MeWe. At Twitter, we have at FTN underscore Genesis, and that's all caps on the FTN. Um, And uh, you want to. Listen to us. We are now available in more formats. We are available Podbean, iTunes, YouTube. What used to be Google Play is now called Google Podcasts, Spotify, and now available on Audible and Amazon Music as well. And I did check the other day. We do have all the episodes up on iHeartRadio if you guys listen to that as well. Um, So. So drop us a review on there if you could on on Amazon on iTunes. Uh, we've got a few reviews that we <laughs> to, I don't get on iTunes, so Chris has read them. Um, but uh, I would like to. I'm on Audible all the time. That's where I'm listening to podcasts now. Is on Audible. If you drop us a review on Audible, I will see it. Yeah, um, check it out. Definitely. I'm, I'm on Podbean mostly. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see him on there too. And yep. we do hear from listeners on there from time to time, uh, and I we do an, we do try to answer those. Um, I know we just heard from someone recently on the last episode who liked it, so we got a comment over there. I can't recall who you were, but um, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, we totally. And did. and pretty soon, if it is, if we if we change the format of the show a little bit, we might be on Pornhub if we do the really <laughs> adult version. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, no? I'm just saying. Right. Well, let's see here. We may have to. Um, you may have to get another technical guy. No. <laughs> I, you know, increase I told your, you I'm going to be busy next year, right? <laughs> I increase your salaries then. I'll, I'll double your salaries. Double. Oh. All right. So I get double zero, double goose egg. I'm good with that. <laughs> All right. Well, mm-hmm. folks, this is Tony saying, tell a story and spend that story point. And this is Stefan saying, dare to ask for those boost dice. And remember the ruler of cool. Use it on your 
DM as much as he can. No, smack him on ours. No, I'm just kidding. But no, just remember <laughs> knuckles, the rule. Knuckles, right across the knuckles. Right across like the nun. knuckles. Crack. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And you know what? Just have fun doing it. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, good night, everybody. Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, copyright 2020, all rights reserved.